dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source. It's a final four, down to four, two preliminary finals coming up. It's the weekend of the fans. It is the weekend of the fans, Pez. It's going to be a huge weekend in Melbourne uh, for, for the MCG. Obviously, 95,000 or 94,362 Collingwood fans and then about 70 GWS fans. Uh, and a big, big uh, moment for, for Carlton fans, you know, them hiking up to, to Brisbane, sitting around TVs and pubs. Uh, it would be a huge weekend for, for Victoria. Speaking about hiking up, uh, the airlines hiking up the prices during the week to get the baggers across the line. I heard one bloke uh, on the radio earlier in the week Securities uh, airfare after the Sydney win up to Brisbane because he's thought, you know what, confidence. We're, we're going to beat Melbourne. We'll uh, I'll get my airfare there, and we'll hopefully you got a ticket to the game. And, and if not school holidays, you can always just have a have a week in the Sunshine Coast and go to the game anyway. But that's uh, that that's very clever. That's confidence. Though. I like that. Yeah, I think the prices went up. I don't know what the amounts were, but like I Tuesday, saw, I, I saw some Wednesday, like sixteen hundred bucks. It was uh, it's a bit ridiculous. I don't know. How they're allowed to do that, you know, they know there's a there's an event coming on, people are probably going to pay it, it's uh, supply and demand, isn't it? It really is. Um, I know that someone came out uh, from the AFL saying that they should stop and uh, try and uh, hiking up the prices, but why, why wouldn't you? The airfare has got a, as you said, supply and demand, they've got to, they've got to make, make their buck, Pez, but it was almost not that way. If uh, Melbourne had kicked uh, accurately, it would have been... Uh, what Melbourne fans trying to hike up to to to, uh, to uh, I was about to say Sydney Brisbane? Yeah, a lot of a lot of talk with that. Nine goals, seventeen uh, to eleven goals, seven, and Carlton just you know took their opportunity and and came through there at the end with with a few errors from Melbourne and uh, six behinds in a row and and a rewatch of that last quarter is is pretty ludicrous. Definitely ludicrous uh, there, Pez. Great word, uh, great use of your adjectives there. Uh, but it, there was some definitely concerning signs for Melbourne. That's, uh, again, you know, very well documented. Two straight years that they've been kicked out in straight sets. Two prelims or two finals that have cost them. Ultimately, you know, they won both games on expected score. Uh, they've squandered opportunities and they have kissed... A, their premiership window sinks, uh, you know, it gets, it gets further away. Yeah, uh, and a few things that happened. So Max Gorn, the ruckman, he had an easy shot in the third quarter. 20 is out slight angle uh, missed it again like he did uh, you know a couple of times down GMHBA he's cost them a game in the past as well and then he had a snap in the fourth quarter no good and he's actually touched uh, Clayton Oliver's set shot from 50 out on the line as well and you know Ruckman usually go for it or the taller player goes for that ball because it could be touched from the Carlton fan but it he didn't have a good uh, good end to the game uh, after dominating early on and took a big contested mark on pit net, but then missed the goal. So when you when you kick six behinds towards the end and, you know, let, let Carlton just take the game on and, and go the other way, that's what happens. You're out in straight sets, four finals in a row, all lost at the MCG since their grand final win in 2021. Yeah, really concerning signs for, for Melbourne. Interesting what they do in the in the um, the off-season there, Pez, because they'll need to address that forward line structure. They're, they're, you know, they've... they've Backing their coach, they, in this day and age, you can't afford to, to really sack a coach who's taken them to, you know, two two semi-finals and you know, you know a couple of couple of final series in the top four. But it's really concerning, and and they need a big body forward, or they need someone to build around because Kaziah Pickett didn't do it, Tom McDonald didn't do it, and Petrarca did it in in aspects. But in order for them to win the game and, and keep them in touch, they needed to inject him into that midfield. Yeah, they need it. They need to keep forward, and if they had 
a, a decent key forward, like a top, even a top 10 key forward yeah, in like the ben game. Brown. <laughs> Not like Ben Brown. <laughs> they would uh, be favourites for the Premiership in my book even next year. So uh, they, they've got to fix that. They, they lost, pretty much lost at selection as well. Like this Josh Shackey move has what, sucked what is the last two weeks in a row. I'm really confused by it. And then not to use him to sub Tom McDonald out of the game uh, when he hasn't done anything for a couple of weeks. Like, so even to have Tom McDonald picked in that side, like you don't need him as a key forward because he's not going to do anything. He's not going to chase. He's not going to get the ball when it's on the ground. And, you know, the Carlton backs love that, you know, got Saad running off him and uh, Tom McDonald's not applying any pressure. So uh, Melbourne's things there, big injuries cost them nearly cost them their season. They did. Petty, because he was looking good up forward, and Malksham. If you put either of those blokes in that side mm-hmm. for Tom McDonald, uh, Melbourne would be playing in a prelim. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, you know, injuries happen to all teams. And if in order for you to win a premiership, you need to have a pretty elite run with, with injuries. But, you know, also the, the additional injury of Brayshaw going into that, that really, really, uh, you know, didn't help. Uh, they had also Van Ruin getting suspended as well. Another another forward that they could have used up there as well to help out. Yeah, you speak about Melbourne's injuries and Carlton supporters are saying, what about us, what about us? And yes, Harry Mackay being concussed and suspended. Uh, that actually suited Melbourne to a T. Stephen May played an her, like a, a heroic game. He would have got best on ground if this is a Brownlow vote sort of game. Mm-hmm. I'd be giving him the three votes because he played uh, exceptionally well in that defence. And Lever and May, the way they work together when there's only one forward to curtail with Kerno, absolutely amazing. So if Harry Mackay inserted there, that would have been much better for Carlton. So they had their injury woes as well. Yeah, they did. You know, and you spoke of you spoke of Stephen May there. We know he had his eleven intercept marks, and seven of those coming in that second half. You know, just huge and really Amazing. limiting that uh, that use for Kerno. But what what the Carlton have to do this week? You know, and they, they were fantastic against Melbourne because they were they all they had to do was every time they went down there and they had an opportunity, they took it. They you know their efficiency inside that fifty was elite, and that's what you got to do against good defensive sides. And you know you got to be into in it to win it. Their ground ball attacking and then limiting that sort of that those clearances from from Gorn, uh, it was elite. It was elite. But Pez. Can they keep this run going? They head up to Brisbane. We, we know Brisbane is a team that has been well-documented about their, their kicking form. Three weeks in a row, can a team uh, lose a game with uh, bad kicking? And that's what Carlton will be hoping. Yeah, that's definitely what they'll be hoping. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the analysis of that game a little bit further. But there's a big, big sound uh, I was hearing about. And they, in their second quarter, took over against Port Adelaide. They really did, Pez. They did. This one here. I saw you looking for the button. Oh, it's just, just, yeah, looking was, for the button. Was that not an unbelievable performance? And this is where it comes back to why in the world are you signing on a coach for no reason? If they've signed him earlier in the year for two more years because they didn't want the media to talk about it, let the media talk about it. Who cares? If he goes out now, bang. If there's not a clause in that to say you have to win a final or play in a prelim final to keep this two years, there's something wrong with the Port Adelaide Footy Club. I mean, as a Port Adelaide fan, you obviously would be disappointed in you going out in straight sets, but to getting them to a top four finish with with the way that they started and the list that they had, most people predicted them probably not to be a top eight list. Um, you know, he's done well with it, but you are correct, Pez. The end result means that they're they're going home without the silverware. They've they've squandered a home final as a way of an entry into a prelim. And Playing like, uh, against seventh, yeah, at home. In front of your home crowd, uh, after coming off a, you know, a, a bad loss against the Brisbane Lions away the week before, they they needed to do a lot better. But they just didn't have uh, the cattle or the game plan. GWS dominated in the middle, 
Briggs was absolutely massive again. That's two finals in a row, and he's actually going to be, you know, up against Collingwood, who uh, are struggling a little bit in the ruck, uh, as we see. So if Briggs can get a get a hold in the prelim, that'll be absolutely massive. But their forward line is clicking. Uh, it's just all cylinders a go. Canilio came back in and slotted into that midfield amazingly. They've got so many big names, so much talent everywhere. And uh, if they win that, that ball in the centre and get that ball moving forward... They've got the players down there in Toby Green and Jesse, Jesse Hogan uh, to, to keep going and keep that dream alive in September. Well, we talked about this last week, Pez, the, the GWS Giants, uh, their list, it, it doesn't really have any deficiencies. You know, it, And what I like about the Giants is that we, we didn't really talk about this last week, but but they spoke about this. They spoke about you know uh, in the first half of the season that they were going to be a slow-burning team. They're going to be trying to implement this fast-paced, high-contested, high-possession sort of uh, brand of footy. And in the back end of the season, we saw them hit form. And, and they're not a team that sort of has hit form at the right time, Pez, because this form has been building. Once they've worked out that form, bang. And they're just rolling off the wins. You know, Ward, they've got Cornelio, they've got Whitfield, Toby Green, Tom Green. You know, their list is elite. All around the ground too. Their back line is elite. Their forward line has multiple ways that they, they can hurt Sam you. Sam Taylor, Harry Himmelberg. Oh, eat your heart out. The last, what, eight weeks, they've been playing amazing footy down back. And the thing is that, you know, like you look at Collingwood planning for this game, they're going to obviously target, you know, Bra- you know, to say Maynard goes to, to uh, Toby Green because he's had some success there. But like they've got Hogan, they've got Riccardi, they've got, you know, Bedford, they've got the you know a couple of those big midfielders that come in and kick it. They're, they're in trouble, I think, Collingwood as well, because they're not coming into form this. And we'll talk about that later. But the GWS Giants, Pez have been really, really impressive this final series. And the big, big sound is here. Yeah, the only thing they haven't been overly impressive in is uh, their kicks at goal. Riccardi, Hogan, uh, they've been pretty inaccurate. So in a prelim final, you've got to take your chances to to make it to that uh, grand final parade the next week. So we'll, we'll see what happens this week. But you speak about Port Adelaide, two teams out in straight sets. And since they bought the buy-in source, it's actually skyrocketed up with how many teams actually exit in straight sets because you didn't see it back in the day before that pre-finals buy. You are correct, Pez. It's only the first time, though, that we've had two teams since 2014. Uh, 2014 both go out in straight sets, which means it's the first time since 2014 that we've had two teams make it into the prelim final uh, playing outside of the top four, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy how, how that works out. So 2023, who's it going to be the, the year of? You've got the, uh, the first place... Collingwood against seventh place GWS, uh, and then you've got the second place Brisbane Lions taking on Carlton, who finished in fifth place. So it's fourth versus fifth over there, and uh, jump into the review. review. It's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Well, I think we need to edit that bet review thing because it keeps saying that we kind of lost, but I, I, I haven't had a losing week in so long, Pez. I, I just don't want to be lying to the fans. You haven't. Uh, you, I'll, well, stem your excitement. <laughs> you you go second because my one's uh, short and sweet. I, I chucked something on the Melbourne-Carlton game. I had the four-leg multi. Three of them got up. Uh, Kennedy didn't play the role I thought he would play. He played a defensive forward tagging role for all four quarters. I thought even in the second half when they were down a bit, they'd uh, insert him into the midfield, but he ended on 12 disposals and didn't get 15. So I I get my bonus bet from that. And I didn't use it in the Port Adelaide GWS game the next day. I already had GWS to win at $2.30 on blue bet there at two units. So I got 260 back from that. So a a pretty average week, a a profit of 0.6 of a unit uh, and takes me to 39.24 units of profit for the season. 
which is 23% on the ROI. So, so yeah, every $100 bet, get $123 back. Uh, don't mind that at all. But then we scroll across and we look over at, at Sources Bet Slip and, uh, yeah, that GWS game cleaned up. Absolutely cleaned up, Pez. Uh, I, you know, was riding a bonus after the the over one forty eight failed. To there was some bad goal kicking. Um, expected store had that one actually winning as, as the over. Um, but the other things that I spoke about, Pez, is you know it, it definitely came into fruition that I said that any team who goes out in straight sets under ninety in both games, teams went out in straight sets under ninety point five. So there's the stats for you there. I had one unit in the Port Adelaide game on that, and then I had uh, my GWS money line, which we both had. We were on the big big sound that paid out at uh, that paid out at halftime. I think it did. So that was that we was were pretty like, comfortable. Ten minutes into the second, yeah, it was uh, very nicely pairs. And then when I said it, I said there was a huge defi- deficiency in uh, the forward line with Aaliyah Aaliyah. Boom, Jay Hogan three goals was my uh, sports bet one unit. And then I had Jay Jay Hogan most goals pairs six fifty and chucked my bonus on that Pop, one. Popped pairs. it out on uh, Twitter there. Absolutely uh, went nuts. But from the from the looks of it, from what you've done. You've actually split that bonus, so you've, that's a one-unit bonus there at, at the six fifty, which is absolutely massive with a huge profit there, and it gives you another bonus to play with this week. Yeah, and I've put that one down on something a little bit cheeky yeah, as well, there, of course, pairs, yeah. just to keep building. But that uh, that meant my round for for round twenty four pairs, uh, eight units I staked, and I returned. Pure profit, 9.38 units, an ROI of 117 pairs, and I am absolutely ticking along. I said to you off show last week, I said I was aiming for 100 units, and you said, oh yeah, maybe maybe by the end of the season. I almost cleaned it up then, pairs. I was getting very close to uh, putting something else on and, and trying to go for the 100. <laughs> yeah, with the, with the vocab as well, you didn't return nine, you profited nine. So if you, it was returned, just for those out there, you actually would have returned 17.38 units, which is uh, just a... Stop any confusion happening out there for the Any listeners. confusion, Pez. I mean, people just look at this big number here. The profit I've made for this season, 93 units, Pez. That's all you need to look at. That's the profit. That's uh, uncharted territory. That's the most out of an individual uh, in our podcasting years. And that's, that's you know, really, really hard to do and, after and, six years. And there's no cheekies in this one, Pez. This is the, the you know, we actually used to have quite big uh, profits in there, but we would have a couple of cheekies that would hit here and there. But that's just been straight uh, analysis, Pez. And for the, the two of us combined, 132 units, Pez. A lot of podcasts talk about how they have six or seven or eight winning weeks. We're documented. We have it all up on there. We have our trends and our analysts on here. We have our leans on here. That is pure, accountable profit. If it, uh, and you know, I wouldn't have dreamed of this at the start of the season. Like if I, I, I always dream if of you this. if you tell me this at the start of the season that this is what your you know betting on AFL season is going to look like, I'll be like, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I'll take that every day of the week. So, 132, nothing to ride home about there, and uh, we can keep building. You're six point five away, three games of footy to go to try and break the hundred unit mark. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Now bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want, do you want some as well? And I, I said... I know we just talked about something special in my my bet slips and my uh, profit, but we'll talk about something else a bit special. Sinnoh takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, Sportsbet have the uh, same game multi bonus bet. The free hit. (laughs) The free, you love saying it's a free hit. Uh, We've got Tab with the the one 
uh, one disposal thing. So if you have a play for 15 yeah, like disposals, they get 14. Uh, it pays it out as a winner. A little, bit, little bit cheeky in finals, though, because generally disposals go down, but I've got a little bit of an insight about disposals coming in. Uh, excellent. Uh, Neds have the 12-up the promo this week as, as well as Blue Bet. And then lads just have their three-plus league same-game multi, one per game, uh, up to $50 in bonus back. If anything else happens or, or comes out, keep an eye out on that and how you can take advantage and uh, make some money this weekend. Make some money this weekend. That's what we'll be aiming to do. Starting things off, pairs with the Friday night clash. First taking on seventh, as you said. Winner goes into a grand final. Loser goes home. Collingwood taking on GWS. $1.53 favourites are the Magpies. Two forty-five outsiders GWS. Minus 10.5 is the line. Over under, 167.5 pairs. We spoke about the crowd. This is going to be so big and... Uh, I can't help but think about the last time these two teams met in a prelim final, Pez, and uh, the result there and how excited we were, not only with uh, getting on pounding the, painting the town orange, but, uh, you know, Collingwood losing, which is always good. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a very intense game, a four-point win to GWS, and they've never actually lost to Collingwood in a prelim final, uh, mind you, it's <laughs> in, in their short career. So uh, we'll see what happens on Friday night. Uh, I rem- if I remember correctly, that was a Saturday twilight-ish Sort of game, wasn't it? It would finish. No, it was like a Saturday two o'clock start. It would have finished about five o'clock because we were we were hoeing down some cheeky HSPs, having a having a gut oh, full of we beer were. before we were that's about to head four, out. <laughs> four years ago, that's uh, insane stuff. So this Friday night would be a little bit different. Uh, definitely for, in my case anyway, but uh, we'll, we'll still be watching uh, Collingwood take on the Giants and where I think the Giants have a have an advantage is in the ruck uh, with Briggs and what he loves to do is he loves to push out the opponent ruckman. And he loves to grab the ball and get that ball moving forward. And when you've got Toby Green down there uh, making his magic, not so not so much getting his 30 disposals like he used to get Sauce, but he's, he, they like to use that term general, he's that general up forward and he, he makes sure everyone's in the right spot. Toby Bedford, he's, his second half of the year since JWS have come up the ladder, he has been uh, lightning quick and he's just running forward and, and doing everything he can. GWS really need to take advantage because if if they you know bomb the ball inside forward fifty and do silly things, Darcy Moore's going to eat it up back there. They're going to run that ball out. Nick Dacos, uh, you know, named fit. He'll be named in the side uh, come six twenty five tonight. And Collingwood and Collingwood Army uh, are going to be there with ninety plus thousand people, and they've been the best team all year. They've teed it off, and you know, see what will happen here. If you could say first versus seventh. And you said this two months ago, you would have said the odds for Collingwood to win are a dollar fifteen against GWS, mm. but they're, they're sitting at a dollar fifty three. So, whatever team you do like, there there is some value for for Collingwood if you look at it in that case. But I'm really interested in the in the team selection because if they go in with you know Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox and Dan McStay and well, um, surely there's only one change. Surely there's just Adams out and then they just put in Dacos. And, and Dacos comes in. So that, that, That's what you surely have to do. But if they do go in with all those tools, I think Taylor and Himmelberg can, can say a bit down there. And, and Whitfield coming off that back line, the thing that gets me about watching GWS uh, since their run is their skill and their, their talent that they have and their skill execution. And the way they did it against the Saints at the MCG, uh, you know, they did it a couple of weeks ago. And then they went over to Port Adelaide. They don't care where they play. They don't. They don't have a home crowd advantage if they play at Giant Stadium anyway. So they'll be uh, to all the boos and everything from the crowd and nothing to lose sort of stuff. But I love what Kingsley said during the week 
He goes, we've got a preliminary final to lose. It's not like we're going there thinking we're going to lose. That's what the nothing to lose mentality is. We're going in there thinking we're going to win. Mm-hmm. We're going to prepare for a grand final the following week. And that's what we have to lose. So uh, great words from uh, first year coach and coach of the year. And they really are bringing in a lot of form pairs. I know we mentioned before about the, that the win streak coming in, and you said, you know, you know, five weeks ago, if you said, you know, first versus seventh, and uh, you know, you would you'd be talking about a different team as well. You'd be talking about Western Bulldogs or Essendon because weren't GWS even weren't even win the picture. Both these teams, you know, Carlton and GWS, you know, going back, I think it was round a ten or around, I think it was round ten or eleven. They were sitting fifteenth and fourteenth. Both these teams are switching on, and and what I like about GWS is Carlton were that slow build. GWS have just adjusted their game plan and the moment they've adjusted and they actually understand it, they've been in ripping form. They they have so many advantages around the field, Pez. You know, we talked about, you know, Briggs being the way that he, he controls that footy, grabbing the ball and bombing it forward and as soon as he gets it. You look at what uh, Max Gorn did against Collingwood and that similar sort of thing. You know, it's going to be a drier day um, tomorrow night. He's probably going to get a lot of that pill. Him for get 15 or more disposals, Pez, sitting at forty-three. you like that. But... Um, what I don't like is for GWS is that they can't go ahead with that because Collingwood are the number one team from points from turnovers. They are points from clearance differential, points from the defensive 50 change. They they hurt you when you rush the ball forward and turn it over and they are a high-pressure side, which GWS really have been quite the opposite. They just want to get the ball going. They just run. They just continually want to move that ball forward. It's going to be polar opposites of, uh, of game plans if they want it to be a, you know, if they want to get a win GWS, it's going to be a fast game. It's going to be high scoring, I think. Really interested to see how this unfolds. Yeah, it's, it's excitement. Uh, excitement level is is very, very high. I think Collingwood need to use uh, some pace up forward uh, to be able to break away and, and do that. So Bobby Hill uh, plays a big role up in the forward line there. Probably not so much in their best side early on. And McQuarrie as well. Uh, in that forward line and then maybe even moving into the midfield if if they start to struggle because they might need to insert that pace in. So uh, they run off the back line. They've got big time players as well. So a Jordan Goey can win you a game if he, you know, kicks two or three and he, he's running out of that, that centre bounce. You've got Pendlebury with the skills. You've got, you got so many great names on, on both sides of this. Uh, and this is definitely Collingwood's game to lose. It, it is. I think that... The it is because of where they've come from. Uh, they've obviously been one of the top teams of the season. It'd be a massive failure if they It'd lose. It'd be a massive failure. But I also wonder if you look at the the sort of form that they've had. Pairs they, they they're going they've played one game in the last month. You know the the lead up into the finals. They had that week off. They've been really struggling in form. If you look at expected score, they actually lost that game against Melbourne. Um, you know they they. They didn't do a lot right, Collingwood, except for pressure Melbourne to having continual misses, misses, misses. They pressured turnover and then went down the other end. They didn't kick straight themselves, They didn't kick straight but, themselves. Um, yeah, but I think that uh, GWS, are the, the, the team that's in form, uh, I, I actually really like GWS's as, as, um, chances in this one. The 18.5 is an incredible line, a three-goal line from a team that is, is you know, won, lost once over the last two months that's playing a better brand of football, is playing a... a brand that is designed for football i think gws are a real shot in this one and 18 and a half is a great line i'm hoping you i'm hoping you're correct and do you think because they've continually played week after week 
big finals, do you think there's any burnout or anything for the for the Giants? I think if you look at the finals burnout of 2019 when they when they made in there, they had three weeks in a row where they just had those tight games. But if you look at the Port Adelaide game, Pez, Q's were in the rack after the third quarter. Easy. Like they they you know Port Adelaide fans were leaving at the fourth quarter. You look at the week before, quarter they were time Q's in the rack. Do you know what I mean? Like they they, they they haven't had the same preparation as they did in the 2019 when they went into Richmond and then they sort of went. Oh, thank God. And their bodies were bruised and they were battered. But in this case here, they've had active football with a break in the last quarter. They're coming off a short day break. You know, I think it's a five-day break compared to the seven days that they were or the, the 14 days that, that, uh, that Collingwood are going to have resting for it. So that is a little bit of a concern. But in this team and this will and this belief, you look at Tom Green coming off the field, you know, the first week, you know, anywhere, anytime we bring the smoke. And then this week walking off, I told you, boys, I told you, we're not scared. Of, and they're not scared of anyone. Um, you know, there was Stevie J was talking on a podcast earlier this week that he's spoken to some of the guys and, and, and they're just, they all believe that they're ready to coming down to Melbourne. Like they're, they've already, you know, some of them are already talking about staying there for the week. Like they are set and they're on this grand final and it, it's a belief that we saw Collingwood the year before really have. And now GWS have got that belief. It's very interesting. And I think that, you know, I think they can do it. Oh yeah. But it's, it's very exciting. It's goosebumps sort of stuff. And when this uh, ball gets bounced, Tomorrow night, he's going to be all eyes glued. And, you know, hopefully we get a, a good contest. We definitely are from that first bounce uh, with these two midfields going head-to-head. So uh, Sportsbet, as we mentioned, have that special their source. So I'm going to uh, stick with that and have a two-leg same-game multi. And I'm just going to go a range of uh, the over and under. So the over and under sits at 167.5 uh, over here on Sportsbet. And uh, final, I'm, I'm going under. Uh, because I think that it's going to be tightly contested. They scored a combined 110 points last time in a final. I know it was different conditions. It was it was rain as well. But I just think uh, Collingwood or JWS, whoever is falling behind, really need to, to get that player behind the ball and lock things up. So under 167. And my other one is pick your own line over 146.5. So pretty much the total game score to be between 147 and 167, giving me that 20-point buffer. And that's $2.75, and I'll be putting a unit on that one. I don't love that, bet. <laughs> I could see your face, so no, I don't give a I've shit. Gone, I've gone old school, and my notes say otherwise, Pez. It's book out. <laughs> what, what I like about this, Pez, is that the unique situation that we are in finals, that we have two games where the two teams outside of the top four are in there. I take you seriously with that book. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? little green book. Uh, but like eight times over the last... It's only eight times over the, the last 12 years that two teams outside of the four... Eight, eight times over the last 12 years a team has gone into the games. We've had eight sample sizes that we're able to, to measure from. In those ones there, pairs, the average score has been, or the average betting line has been 164. So that's where the average betting line has been. Seven out of those eight times where it's been a team outside of the top four, the game has gone over. The only time it was not over was the Collingwood versus GWS one. Two very different teams though. So that direct comparison is quite difficult because they're playing different brands. I'm not sure if they have this in the, what did you say? Seven of them went over. Yep. In those seven games, how many of those were blowouts? Uh, there was only four blowouts, so four out of the seven. Okay, I can get into that one if you want, Pez. I've got all, I've got all that stuff there. I'm, I'm oh, you keep talking. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. But like, um, so I think that 
besides that one game, I think that the trend has been over. If you look at the way Collingwood have been playing and, and GWS have been playing, their, their score for the seasons have been you know 85 plus both teams. That's that's roughly where they're averaging. I think this game will go over. So I've got uh, I've got that in my same game multi pairs as well as the plus GWS 30 and a half. I think this game is going to be a close game, um, and I've got two units on that one at 270. Uh, so I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, that's my same game multi pairs. If you're looking at the margin for any of these games, um, and I might go into this in the next one, but if you, most of the games are pretty close in that one, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a spread. So if you think the game's going to be close, which sounds silly, Pez, if you think it's going to be close, it is always close. Four times there's been single digits in those times. If you think it's going to not be close, it's twenty five plus, right? And that that sounds really that sounds what? really. <laughs> well, if you think a team has a, has a stricter advantage, it goes over and it goes over big. So like it's not ten point wins, there's not fifteen point wins. It goes twenty five plus all the way up to seventy. Three times it's been uh, over seventy in these sort of games. The rest of them, there's only been four times it's been single digits. So it's either really close or it's twenty five plus. You don't get that three goal margin. So I think that either team to win by fifteen or less in this game two sixty five, and I've put a unit on that one. Okay, different different way to talk about uh, it being a close game under fifteen and a half. A under little try bet. Yeah, well, if you look at it, as I said, Pez, the last... So there's been 12 times... It's either close or it's a blowout, and you're saying it's not going to be a blowout. Only four times, and that was three points, two points, four points, and I think five points. So it's only been very close. And then there, it goes 25 plus. Four of those games, Pez, have been over 50 points. Three of them over 70. Could go down to the wire. Imagine any player, it doesn't matter, GWS or Collingwood, kicking near the end of the game to to take the lead. It's it's intense stuff, and it'd be interesting to see if the MCC members actually roll up and, and line up and fill that stadium uh, to capacity. It will be really interesting, Pez. And what was even more interesting when I was looking at this, over the last 12 years, 13 years that they've had this, 18.5 for this line is the third highest line that they've had in this prelim final where there's been a team outside of the eight. It's the third biggest, 18.5. So that again shows you it's going to be, a, if it's going to be a close game, it's going to be really close. <laughs> We'll take your word for it take at, my at word 93 it. and uh, continue to go. So you got the two bets on for, for this game at the moment? I do have the two bets for that one. The two please. bets locked in. I've, I've got, I've I've got a few the more one. bets in the next one. I've <laughs> got the one and the, the next game is uh, where I like a, a few things as well. And we've got Brisbane Lions taking on Carlton. And what I like is we've both got that bonus bet alive too for us. So that's uh, we've still got the bonus there floating. So, oh, can I, can I just say, you got a, a package at the, the door during the week. Yeah. And uh, unbelievable. Didn't know who it was from. So Cam Rainer sent down from, from Brisbane. I thought you said I got a package. No, no, no. I was, sent, I was waiting sent for down a little, a little Brisbane dress for my daughter, which is pretty ludicrous. Not Ludicrous not again to use good. that word. I'm, that's, I'm that's, using that's it. That's the I'm third time it's come it's, up with this podcast. It's not good. It's not good at all. <laughs> well, I actually keep I'm using ludicrous. Twice. If, you you if your replacement is it's not good, well, <laughs> 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 keep using ludicrous. Well, it's shit house because... Uh, as you said, Cam, Cam, Cam Rayner, fr- friend of the show, has, has sent in, uh, done a little bit cheeky and for your And sent out a little uh, Brisbane Lions, my first Sharon, uh, with, which was wrong. Because, which is wrong because you would have had to Madden's, say Kilda one. Madden's had uh, my, my son. He's had plenty of other Sharons. So, um, uh, Saint, any St Kilda, my yeah, first Sharon? Yeah, my first Sharon St Kilda. So the hand-me-down, I might have hand-me-down to, from Club. I might have though? to cross out the first <laughs> and uh, write like fifth or something. No, probably as, as Sharon, the so. final. A fi- oh, maybe, yeah. the, maybe the first Sharon from a team playing who won a final this year. Maybe that's in the year he was born. Yeah, maybe it is. Like I am going for the Brisbane Lions because of him, but uh, yeah, just steer clear a little bit. Very right. cheeky, very Go cheeky. On. Yeah, very, very. Maybe it's my first Sharon for a team that wins a premiership in the year that I was born. That's that's a good memento. 
Oh, well, maybe you can just win a Norm Smith or something and give me a signed jersey. And cheeky, <laughs> that'd be cheeky, good, no, cheeky odds for him to win a Norm Smith. I, I wouldn't mind a bit of that. But let's get through Carlton first. Brisbane taking on Carlton, of course, as we spoke. $1.37 favourites, the Lions. three three thirteen 3 outsiders, the Carlton Blues. Minus 18.5 is the line over under 166.5. Yeah, 166. 166. Uh, usually it's a 170 plus up at the up at the Gabba. That, that's and all that is, Piers, is just the average of the... The, the, these the sort of finals. Teams. No, oh, no, these, finals. these sort of finals. As I said, there's 12, 12 options from it, and that average was 167. So that's where that number comes from. Yep, excellent. Um, and I want to speak about the time a little bit as well because you've got what, an what day? What is this? This this bullshit time? Well, Brisbane, yeah. just have daylight savings. <laughs> I'm furious about this. I have got a Bucks party that starts at five o'clock, and one of the boys is the one of the the Bucks. Well, one of the Bucks. Sorry, <laughs> one of the guys. Part of it is a Carlton fan. This is ridiculous. Well, why are you? Why are people booking things in on preliminary final? Just weekend? as ridiculous. Well, because he was a Carlton fan, so he didn't think that. Oh, usually holidays. <laughs> usually holidays. Are in usually holidays. But the holidays reason the reason March. they've gone earlier, yeah, is because the Brisbane Broncos are playing in yeah, Queensland that off. night in a preliminary final, so they didn't want to compete with that. But so go early, stupid. go daytime, go daytime. They should have gone. The yep. two ten, they should have gone the original uh, daytime because then it gives fans of both the Brisbane Lions and the Brisbane Broncos a chance to get to both games. You don't want to be sitting there. You, you're going to have to choose, making them choose, and most of them are going to choose the Brisbane Broncos. Being and, from and like the AFL, what do they think they're going to be smarter by starting it earlier? Because oh, they're going to stay on there because they're going to be so captivated by the Lions. Oh, they'll at least come get, on, man. They'll get TV time, but yeah, but they'll only get the first half, and then as soon as they, as soon as it switches over, boom, they'll go straight over to. to and the I don't know. NRL. Is it is it because they want to? give Carlton a, a better chance as well? Because if they're playing in, in the heat in the middle of the day, like three hours earlier, yeah. and this isn't a joke, like Brisbane have a bigger advantage being training up there all the time and Carlton being from Melbourne. Now that's 5.15, it's going to be about 20 degrees. So still a little bit different yeah, for Carlton. Yeah, and you're not going to have the dew of you're the... You're not going to have that yeah. sun. You're not going to have, uh, you know, those different conditions. So... I'm not thrilled with the time. I mean, the uh, AFL. Point. I mean, the AFL. You know, if you look at everyone talks about the AFL being fair or whatever, but the AFL is a business. They, they're there to make money, and for them to make money, they need they want Carlton and Collingwood, and that would be absolutely unbelievable. Um, I mean, it's not something that I want, but uh, it would be absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the in whole terms of Victoria of, is going to yeah, will definitely. There'll be looting. There'll be rioting. Yeah, yeah. Like the the town's going to be burnt. But there'll like, be two you know, sections. No two sections of the town that will be burnt. One, you know, Ligon Street will be absolutely up in flames if they win, and if they lose, it'll be <laughs> up in flames. And it'll be the opposite, you know, in, in Collingwood, like horrible. It's, yeah, it's. But either way, like that's please, what the that's what the please. AFL want. So like for them, they just want any kind of sort of conditions. So I, I can see that them definitely planning that around that, that heat and giving the Carlton advantage, but. Let's get into the game anyway, Piers. We've talked about the weather. We've talked about Cam Rayner's uh, cheeky little gift. Let's talk about the actual game. Brisbane, uh, they've had a week off. They've played once in a month. Uh, they look fantastic. Carlton, twice now, have sort of snuck over the line. Uh, they, they've stayed alive. And the one thing Carlton are doing well and they are continually doing is every time they go into that forward line, they're making it count. Their efficiency rate is through the roof and they, they've been the most efficient team in the AFL finals this season and that's why they're still alive. Yeah, and just taking the chances when they can. Blake Akers kicking the sealer in, in both games pretty much. What, uh, what did you think about that sealer that, that he kicked, on? right? Why, why is he play? If they had come back and lost that, that is a dumb... He could have burnt 30 seconds off off the off the clock and, and, and you know... Oh, he nearly missed it as well. Because he, he was, they weren't going to lose. They could either draw or they could... Um, they, they could have gone up by uh, five points. Well, they're down points. by five points. Yeah. So if he missed it yeah. from the set shot, they're, they're still... 
down. He's so not missed that, is he? I think he wasn't playing for Melbourne. I think that he didn't want the, the pressure. pressure. Well, he almost got tackled it. as well. And then he's played on and nearly hit the post, but it's gone through and it's paid off in the end. But it was a nervous 56 seconds left on the clock uh, for Carlton supporters. But uh, the MCG was absolutely a light. Uh, different things up at the Gabba. So last time Brisbane played in a prelim up at the Gabba, they're playing against uh, your Pussycats up there with the perfect chance you guys win and you get a grand final at your home ground, mm. which was the, one of the first ever, not at the MCG. So uh, this time, have they learned from their mistakes in the past? The thing about Brisbane, and you always get nervous, is their goal kicking and are they going to be accurate? Because they've had those problems for five years. They've been the probably the best team over the span of five years without actually... Playing we have nothing, final. To sh- nothing to show for yeah, it. Yeah, without and actually like playing final and, and doing anything. But they've, they've had, had a straight sets exit, and then they've had multiple times where they've just one absolutely final come up short. Out. Yeah, it's it's very very like if they don't get it in the next few years, well, uh, this has to, big this, this has to be the year. This has been the slow build. This has been the learning from the master. You know, they got absolutely pounced last year by seventy one points against Geelong. You go back before the, the couple of years before when they had the prelim, it was that that unusual opportunity against Geelong. So lucky for them, Geelong's not playing. But like for them, it's been that slow build. This has to be there. They're, they're, they're now experiencing this situation. They've got the talent. The, everything is pointing in their favour. They have to capitalise. They've got the midfield to win it. They've got the forward line to play against uh, Carlton with, you know, Kemp back there and, and Saad back there, I reckon. They can uh, manoeuvre and do that. And they've got the the players that are playing well down in defence. You've got Harris Andrews uh, back there. You've, you've got um, Payne. Is, is Payne going to get up this week as well? So he's actually been playing really well. And we weren't sure if he was in the best 22 at the start of the year. Leicester's been playing his role throughout the year as well. So uh, I think you'd be all over Brisbane to win this one. And and Carlton, this is a true, we've got nothing to lose. We're travelling up there and going for this. But you can't help but be excited if you're a Carlton supporter because you're, you're actually in a prelim final for the first time in, uh, I don't even know how long their source, but they haven't played in the final series for 10 years. So them to just beat Sydney in elimination final, can you imagine if they get close and, and what happens here in a preliminary final. And that's what Brisbane, uh, probably the biggest fear that will happen to Brisbane is, is two things, Pez. They're a team that controls the the, the forward half differential. They, you know, they're, they're, they're number three in the whole league, Pez. Uh, they average, you know, per possession, basically six minutes 30 in that, that forward half per, per scoring shot or per entry or whatever it is, compared to Carlton's minus four and a half, four minutes 30. Like they, they don't spend a lot of time down there, Carlton. But if... Brisbane have controlled that ball as much as they do in that forward line and they don't have something to show from it and Carlton go down and they kick a goal, that's where Brisbane will be in trouble. That's when the mental game will come into it. That's when the belief will start growing from Carlton. And the one thing that I guess that they don't have is they won't have that home ground, home crowd sort of cheering them on and that that helps build belief. They'll still have a portion of Brisbane that will – There'll be a shit ton of Carlton fans that will help that belief. Brisbane have to capitalise early. They have to get on top of it. They have so many different weapons that can score. They need to just continue to do what they're doing, really utilise Danaher as much as you and I probably don't like Danaher as a footballer. The way that he actually is playing at the moment, really creating some strong leads. He's not just swinging over his shoulder. Charlie Cameron can go absolutely loose. You know, look at what uh, you know Kaziah Pickett did last week. Um, you know, he was inaccurate, but they, they really didn't have a handle on him. Cameron is, is, a, is a classier sort of version of, uh, of Kaziah Pickett around the body, picking up those crumbs. It's really going to be a ground ball um, game in that, in that forward line, and look, I think Brisbane have the tools to win. Yeah, I love what you're saying there. You've got Zach Bailey as well, who Zach is an absolute master at 
450 stoppages and he just finds space where there is none. And uh, they can really take advantage of Carlton's weakness there. So McInerney in the ruck, you know, tap down. Is Bailey going to come through? Is is Cameron going to get on the run? How, how are they going to score the goals? They they should not care one little bit how they score the goals. Just get that ball through the sticks and continue that trend going and uh, book, in a, book in a date with Collingwood or GWS at the MCG the next week. Definitely, Pez. Uh, we were both on Brisbane in this one, obviously. Oh, to an extent, uh, with the bets, yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. Do, so do my, tell. my my first bet, I looked at the um, over under there, and uh, if I'm thinking it's going to be a blowout, and I, I think the Lions are going to take uh, full advantage, I've gone over to bet three six five and just chucked a unit on Brisbane's total game score to be over ninety two point five because I think if Carlton's heads drop and Brisbane get you know that music going, the roar going of the crowd. It'll just be a pile on. And uh, Brisbane to score 93 or more for me there for one unit. And I've put my bonus bet from last week, Source, in a little five-leg same-game multi here. So quarter timeline, Brisbane have to come out on fire. Minus four and a half. So Brisbane to be leading by five or more at quarter time. Half timeline, minus nine and a half. So Brisbane to be leading by 10 or more. Three-quarter timeline, minus 13 and a half. Brisbane to be leading at 14 or more at three-quarter time. Uh, and then in the last quarter only, Brisbane minus five and a half. So in the last quarter, score start 0-0. Zero, zero. They've got to win by six or more. And then pick your own line is my final leg, Brisbane minus 29.5. So they've got to win the game by 30 or more. All up, that's $4.50. And I'll put my bonus from last week on that. I love it, Pez. I, I, I'm all with you with Brisbane absolutely dominating this one, being in control. Everything is in favour of them, as I said. Uh, I, I've gone a range of different ones with this, Pez. I've got one unit on them, 25 plus. So $2.15, 25 plus. I love that. Uh, five out of the eight times that we talked about. So five out of the eight, those uh, eight games that we, we had the sample size from uh, where a team is outside of the eight, that's happened five out of eight times, 25 plus wins. So I like that one. I've put a, another unit, Pez, on, sorry, 0.5 unit on the 40 Plus, Brisbane, $3.60. I've put uh, a my bonus bet um, on 49.5 alternate line at 5.25. I think that's where it's going to sit. It's, you know, all of those games we spoke about, they go over, they go big. Uh, and then I've put a little cheeky 0.5 unit on 70.5 pairs at $12.50. So I've got two units in that game, that's all. But it's all on Brisbane winning heavily. Three out of the last eight pairs where we've had a team outside of the top eight has been 70-plus wins two of those games actually 71 points so in this one you've got a little uh it's like a main bet which if that gets up it covers all your your other bets type of thing so your main bets are 25 plus well my main bet is the the 25 plus yeah and then you got the 40 plus and then it's just very cheeky up at the i mean hopefully look if they win by 50 uh that that basically covers three of my bets because the bonus will pay out big at five dollars 25 yeah and you're going from there so that's absolutely huge all over the brisbane lions and uh we'll We've got to have a look at this one. It's just going to be excitement city. And then, then there's a build-up for grand final. And uh, I've nearly forgotten as well. Brownlow medal on Monday night. Ooh, yeah. Money-making Brownlow. I, lo- I like the Brownlow. The Brownlow is where you can make a lot of money as well. Yeah, you have to... You have to be very not, careful. Not on the actual winner, but you can win on like individual games. You can win, you know, uh, they, do, they do all these cheeky little head-to-heads. You do like top five finishes. There's don't don't fall for... So the best... My best thing that I would do is game by game. 
So who's going to poll the three, the two, the one in each individual game? So you have a look through the stats. You use your memory bank. Sometimes, you you know, you take notes throughout the year, which I always end up uh, dismissing after round two and just go off by what I was watching. Well, last, then, last year, the, the four games that you went to, they all failed. So you must be watching the games. Oh, you, you like to make up shit when I don't have it right here. <laughs> you did remember. Go, no. You had your little note. It no, was your St. Kilda was, game. Yep. It was it was huge last last year. We won awesome. we won a lot of money last it, year. It was fantastic. So uh, we'll try and do the same on Monday as well. And that's that's the strategy you go with. And don't fall into the trap of a dollar five to a dollar ten to a no. dollar fifteen to get three votes uh, because that's not where the value is. Uh, you might be able to find some juicy two dollar odds uh, to. Like the single the, the single vote games where you like a player to poll a vote. Oh, they're the they're, 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 they're really they're good, good, some good well. little markets there. Um, you can get some good odds there. Obviously, you're looking for obviously the the two dollar sort of mark for some of those. Um, you go through the games as we said. You go through. Look at um, there's a whole heap of resources out there like the Herald Sun. You got the um, Neds do a, a good little bet. Uh, so Betfair, sorry, do one. You got the AFL. Um, what's the coaches awards? A lot of different data points you can get to try and yeah. see if there's get, an advantage. Get your own data is my advice, and don't follow. Uh, the odds from the bookies and don't go, all right, this player's favourite, so they must win because it, it usually doesn't happen anyway. So no. they've got no idea what the it's umpires not, are going to do. It's an umpires award and they've got no idea at the best of times. Um, so, yeah, stay away from just going solely off what the odds are saying and, and do your own research or just don't bet on it. Or if, you, if you're not going to put in the time, uh, don't put your money towards it. So there we have it, preliminary final weekend. It, it is a good event to watch with a little bit of a cheeky bet going through. If you yeah, spend, spend right. an hour beforehand and put a couple of bets down each round, it makes the, it makes the, it makes it a lot more interesting than watching uh, good old Gil. Well, it's not Gil anymore, is it? Uh, who's the, the CEO? He, he read it out this is year. Is he reading it this year? Is it Andrew Dillon? Will he read it out this year? Oh, who gives two shits? But it's a lot um, more fun we'll watching uh, watching someone else read three votes this when you've got a bit of uh, cashola on I it. I actually like the little uh, highlight reel from yeah, the round. Good. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. And they do the mark of the year, goal of the year. So we'll we'll see all of that. Uh, and we'll know who the two grand final teams are as well. So exciting stuff. Uh, bets will be there at Twitter, at Behind the Bound, uh, at Behind the Bound, TikTok, Instagram, all of that as well. I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time. No, no!